so dynamic, so magnetic, so effervescent, so full of energy and vitality. Is it Herman? No. Is it Sherman? No. Is it Eddie? Is it Freddie? Oh, no, no, no. Is it Hart? Is it Schaffner? Is it Marx, perhaps? Oh, you'll never, never guess it. Don't snap your cap. Is just Miss Judy Garland. Here's the little gal who's earned a number one priority in your pinup department, both in your barracks wall and in your heart, Judy Garland. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heartstrings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Old Time Radio. This is Mindy, and you're listening to The Judy Garland Show. Next in our series, we depart from the mail calls and the command performances. It is Esquire's second annual All-American Jazz Concert, broadcast simultaneously from New York and Los Angeles, originally aired January 17th, 1945. I don't know where Buck found this one. I don't even know how he knew Judy was involved because she's only there to present, I think it's an award for maybe 30 seconds. Uh, she doesn't sing. That's kind of a bummer, but the the concert is legendary. These concerts brought together the most iconic names in jazz music. Uh, this list I was familiar with, you know, everybody on this list, and you will be too. This concert includes Benny Goodman, Mildred Bailey, Jack Benny, Danny Kay, Duke Ellington, Billy Strayhorn, Lionel Barrymore, and Jerome Kern. And that's just the short list. This is huge. This is a huge, huge concert. If you like jazz music, you're in for a real treat here. The admission to get into these concerts was buying war bonds, and I didn't see figures on all of these, but the first year they raised over $500,000. This concert also has Lena Horne. She's popped up a lot for me because I've been watching some of the more obscure Judy movies. These are the ones that have different artists come on and they each have their own set and it's all pieced together to make one movie. The ones I've seen her in with Judy, too, is Thousands Cheer, Zigfield Follies, Till the Clouds Roll By, and Words and Music. But the first time I was ever exposed to Lena Horne and her music was actually The Cosby Show. I was a child in the 80s and early 90s, so that was a big show that introduced actually quite a few things to my generation, and Lena Horne and that type of music was one of them. Since Judy just kind of randomly pops up in this, I thought it would be a good opportunity to share some random Judy things that I've read over the years that really aren't connected to each other or this program, but they're amusing to me. I've read in a couple of different sources that... Judy had a photographic memory, and so much so that she liked to play games with it, where she would have the crew write down a few columns of numbers, she'd look at it for a minute, give the paper back, and then recite the numbers perfectly. This is all reported facts. This could not be true. Judy is shrouded in legend. She's very much partly responsible for that. Her kids in interviews have said she was an exaggerator on purpose because she thought it was funny. So <laughs> some of this stuff probably isn't true, but it was still fun to read. Uh, so the photographic memory. She said she couldn't read music, but many people reported she could play the piano by ear. And you see in a lot of her films, she plays the piano, but just like anybody else, for the most part, she's not actually playing. It's just kind of miming along. Sometimes it's really obvious, sometimes not. Something I loved was kind of a short interview clip I saw where they were talking about A Star is Born, and they said that Judy requested that the music she would be lip syncing to would be turned up as loud as possible, and she would actually sing along with it and would get to a point where she would sing louder than what they were pumping through the system. And apparently this is something she just liked to do. I think it was a challenge for her to out-sing herself <laughs> coming through with sound system, and she did it. They say that's why so much of her, you know, lip-syncing moments in movies are, are perfectly timed, because she's actually singing along live. And then something else, I guess she would steal her <laughs> dresses from movies if she liked them. Supposedly, it was so well known that she did this, that on the set of Judgment at Nuremberg, where she was just a working class gal in World War II, uh, nothing glamorous about it. They 
they gifted her all of her costumes. So I guess because that way she didn't have to steal them. Yeah, and actually something I read about that, that movie is, you know, this was near the end of her career. She's a legend and she's got lots and lots of problems and everybody knows that. But they wanted to work with her and the cast and the crew and everyone on set when she showed up for her first day of shooting for Judgment at Nuremberg... Everyone stopped what they were doing and applauded her for several minutes because they were so thrilled that she was there. If she had any nerves about taking on such a big role, that had to have really just shattered that. So again, halfway through, Judy pops up, says a few sweet words, gives out like an award of some kind, and that's it. The rest is just legendary biggest names in music of the era of any era. So from January 1945, this is Esquire's second annual All-American Jazz Concert simultaneously broadcast from New York and Los Angeles. Enjoy. This is Glenn Riggs again in the Blue Network Studios in New York. For the next hour, you will hear music from the nation's two greatest musical centers, Music from New York and Los Angeles, played and sung by the artists who have been elected by Esquire's board of 22 swing music experts as the world's greatest in the present-day jazz scene. And now, Esquire's second annual All-American Jazz Concert presents the man who has made swing history and has played a great part in making jazz one of the liveliest of the seven lively arts, Benny Goodman and the great new Benny Goodman Quintet. Thank you. 
And now the Benny Goodman Quintet is joined by a star selected by the swing critics in the feminine vocal department of this year's voting, the incomparable Mildred Bailey.
I can't be satisfied. Thank you, Mildred Bailey. Uh, pardon me, may I say a few words? Well, this seems to be one of those occasions when music speaks louder than words. However, it's something important. Please introduce yourself. Well, you see, I happen to be a Benny Goodman fan, and I'm working in the same show with him. So I thought this might be a good time to tell him something important. Oh, Beatrice Lilly is the name. <laughs> well, Benny, as you know, there are four people on this broadcast who are gold award winners this year, and I'm very happy to be able to make the awards. On behalf of the Squire, I'd like to present this gold esky statuette and a $500 war bond to everyone's favorite, Mildred Bailey. Thank you very, very much, B. Lily. And thanks, too, to the jury who awarded me that wonderful verdict. Thank you. And here's the same award for a member of the Benny Goodman Quintet, who came out tops in the miscellaneous instruments division. And there's nothing miscellaneous about the way he plays that vibra harp, Red Norval. <laughs> Thanks, Dee, and thanks, everyone. It's really a great thrill. Now for another winner, an old sidekick of Benny's and one of my very favorite pianists, Ted Wilson. <laughs> thanks, Dee, and I'm very happy to have been selected. Finally, here's one for the king himself, the man who ran away with the number one spot in the clarinet department, Benny Goodman. <laughs> Thank you, Dee. This is a wonderful souvenir of a wonderful occasion. Congratulations. Now, while I feel the committee is pretty fair in their judgment and awards, there's a gentleman who slightly disagrees with them. He feels he's not been given proper consideration in this contest, and he's here tonight to prove his point. Yes, B. Now, look here, Jack. You're not included in this contest because you are not classified as a musician. I'm not, eh? Then why was I invited to come up here? Yes, well, you weren't invited. You crawled up the fire escape, came on your knees, and told them you were Mayor LaGuardia. I did not. When the usher tried to stop me, I handed him my card. Well, let's see that card. Here. Hmm. Jack Benny, start of stage, screen, and radio, and if I can't play the violin better than Hyphus, I'll eat my rosin. So there. Jack, isn't rosin habit-forming? I'll give you all the last year. Not particularly. <laughs> you see, I've been eating it for 25 years. Anyway, B, I'm really a great virtuoso. You see, there are different types of violinists. Some are known for their tone quality, some for their technique, mm -hmm. and others just for their, or just, rather, like for that. their, uh, being, I've been hanging around Phil Harris so right. long, you know. <laughs> others just for their interpolation. But, of course, you wouldn't understand that. Oh, but I do, Jack. It's the same with radio comedians. Some are known for their subtle wit, others for their sophisticated humor, and others, to use a quaint old English expression, just stink. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, Jack, as long as you are here, I'm going to give you an award. Here you are, and congratulations. Oh, you shouldn't have done it. Oh, be isn't this wonderful? Just what I needed. A Blue Point Oyster. <laughs> Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to congratulate Benny Goodman and all of the other winners, including me. Thanks, B. Good night, folks. Want to hear just a little jazz? Thank you very much, B. Lilly, and thank you, Jack Benny. And now we get together with those two other fine musicians in the quintet, Moy Feld on drums and Sid Weiss on bass, for a few courses on an old favorite, The World is Waiting for the Sunrise. 
You've been listening to the Benny Goodman Quintet and Mildred Bailey taking part in Esquire's second annual All-American Jazz Celebration, broadcasting from the Blue Network Studios in New York. Benny Goodman will return later in the program for a jam session with Louis Armstrong in New Orleans and Duke Ellington in Los Angeles. We take you now to Danny Kay in Los Angeles. Good evening, everyone. This is Danny Kay talking to you from the Philharmonic Auditorium in Los Angeles. The Esquire Jazz Concert here is presented by the Volunteer Army Canteen Service. This is a civilian organization which was organized shortly after Pearl Harbor to open and maintain canteens at Army outposts and hospitals in Southern California. The proceeds of this concert will enable the VAX to make possible thousands of long-distance phone calls by wounded veterans to their loved ones all over the country very day they arrive here from overseas. Now let's get the program started with Esquire's choice for America's number one band, playing an arrangement written by the man who was voted the best new arranger of the past year. Duke Ellington and his famous orchestra playing Johnny Thompson's arrangement of Leonard Feather's Esquire Jump. The young man who wrote that arrangement is the arranger with Harry James' band, and another young man who is taking the solo on the next number is also with Harry James. 
The fellow talking to you is with Harry James, too, on Saturday afternoons on CBS. Uh, now, this boy's name is Willie Smith, and he was... <laughs> he was selected by Esquire's Board of Experts for the Silver Award as the best musician in the armed forces. Since the voting took place, he has been honorably discharged from the United States Navy and is now the featured saxophonist with Harry's band. So on behalf of Esquire, I am very happy to give him his Esky statuette and a $500 war bond. Ladies and gentlemen, Willie Smith. Here we are. Here's a nice, fresh $500 war bond. Thanks, Danny, and thanks, everybody. I'd like to play for my... Number T for two.
there's a young lady standing off stage here with a bond in her hand and uh, a gleam in her eye, and I think she's about ready to make a presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, from Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, one of America's great, great stars, Miss Judy Garland. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very glad to be able to present this award of wonderful $500 bond to a very talented singer who won the award for girl vocalist in Esquire's team of new stars. She's featured with Stan Kenton's orchestra, and she's here to do her number next, Miss Anita O'Day. now for station identification. Maybe you remember there was a famous Ellington tune once called Boy Meets Horn. Well, we are due for a spot of dialogue now which another boy meets another horn. The boy is Billy Strayhorn and the girl, Miss Lena Horn. <laughs> This is a very happy moment for me because one of my favorite friends and favorite musicians is a winner in this year's voting. And I've been allowed to present his statuette and his war bond. He is a silver award arranger, a young boy we all love and admire as Sweetie. But he's better known to the public as Billy Strayhorn. I can't think of any nicer way to receive it than from the gracious hands of the most favorite of my favorite people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, good, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Duke Ellington. I have taken it on myself to introduce the next artist because, to me, he is one of the greatest things that has ever happened in jazz. So here is the Esky statuette and the $500 war bond for the one and only Art Tatum.
that something? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Danny Kaye again, and I want to turn you over to someone who is best known as a great actor, but who is also an outstanding composer, and he's going to honor one of his distinguished contemporaries. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lionel Barrymore. myself truly appreciate this marvelous gesture. We'd like to play now a number featuring Johnny Hodges on the Alpha saxophone. Wood to be wooed.
The next, the next item on our program features one of America's greatest song stylists. And the award will be made to her by one of America's immortal song creators, our own Jerome Kern. I think it's about time. I think it's about time I did a little more awarding myself. I just managed to sneak away with two of these statuettes and war bonds. <laughs> and uh, I want to turn them over to the gold award winners on guitar and drums. Al Casey and Sidney Catlett. And by the way, by the way, Sidney has a double celebration tonight. This is his birthday.
for me? Says here, thanks, Danny. Casey and I are going to join Duke for a few choruses on Huck, Honeysuckle Rose. If you can oh, stand and see it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know what's going on here. You can read it now. Ooh. Me? Oh, thanks, Danny. No, this isn't me. Where am I? Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Casey and I are going to join for a few courses on Honeysuckle Road. That's my boy. And also, incidentally, it's your birthday tomorrow, and I'd like to thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Sidney. Thank you. I'd just like to pause a minute to tell you that this is being recorded by Armed Forces Radio for distribution overseas to the boys. And now I would like to introduce to you the chairman of Esquire's Board of Experts and Musical Director of tonight's performance, Mr. Leonard Feather. Thank you, Danny Kay. Well, for our last number, we're going to do something very special, a three-way jam session. Duke Ellington is going to play Things Ain't What They Used To Be, and he'll be joined by Louis Armstrong from the Municipal Auditorium in New Orleans and by Benny Goodman from the Blue Network Studios in New York. So take it away, Duke, for the first three-way jam session in history. Joins us from New York. 
Where a concert was held for the benefit of the volunteer army canteen service. This is the Blue Network. <laughs>